Like, what's your take for the up and coming? You have to do creator? everything. It's fucking exhausting, and I, I'm realizing, like, as I put this special together, I, I see how tired Andrew is, and I get it now. And I, I, I had this revelation. I was like, there's a difference between being obsessive in thought and obsessive in action. I've been obsessive in thought my whole life. Me too. Obsessive in action is a different. That's what separates good from great. And I can turn. I can go in and out of that. I've had it before. Keeping that going as much as you can is hard. But one thing that will help you do that is you just. If you're younger as a comic, focus on the fucking comedy. Focus on the craft. Be a fucking great comic. But also, focus on the other shit. And the, that's obsessive in action. Is I am going to be exhausted. I'm going to be the best comedian, the stand-up I could be, if that's what you love. But I'm also going to explore these other ways to get good content. You don't want to be a great comic who nobody knows about. You that's also don't want to be a massive podcaster who kind of does comedy, but not really. And then people come see you, and they're like, eh, yeah, yeah it's fine. But you can just watch him do his podcast, really. Some some people who are blow up on social media who like do the reels and all the Instagram stuff, the audience that comes to see them might not even know good comedy anyway though. But yeah. You know. You know. You know if you had a good time or not. Com there's comedy aficionados for sure. But in general, I remember Andrew and I were watching a comic that we're friends with, love him. I mean we were both being a little insecure and knew he's crushing. And then Andrew, he was doing like um kinda like lighter jokes, like nothing with any like, you know, depth to it, and that's fine. That he he's great at that. But Andrew was like, I truly believe the audience laughs from a different place when you do jokes that are about shit. Sincerely, the swings. Yo, keep it basement. Keep it basement. Back at it, baby, with the bang bangers. Don't go anywhere, bitch. And you keep doing you. All right, Sweeney, I'm going to see you later. Stay black. <laughs> That's not so bad. Have it, folks. Keep it, <laughs> keep it, basement podcast. Time to make my move. Sweet taste of victory, like Oprah's new Damn, that shit was dope. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Akash or Akash? Akash. Akash. Yeah, please, man. Thank you so much. My buddy Akash, it's always Akash. Huh? No, my buddy Akash, and it's Akash, but you most people call him Akash. Oh yeah, that's what I used to get called. But yeah, you know, there's no real, you don't have to get me out in like five minutes. We'll, we'll just, you know, whatever makes nah, a good dude, interview. Trust me, it's a pain in the ass for us, for you. So I just want to, we appreciate the time. Of course, man, of course. Oh, good show. It seems like you ended up having a decent time. Yeah, it was fun, man. It yeah. was fun. I just wanted to, I actually had a show that was similar where it was like, I'm just going to ha- like kind of embrace that it's not a great setup for comedy and just try to have no, fun. Exactly. Yeah. And then. Is I that had, your vibe to kind of go into it as like. Maybe not a great setup, maybe not a, your crowd, so you kind of just vibe it out, some crowd work up top, and like kind of get into it and see where it I goes. I tend to do crowd work up top just because it helps, it helps me get more comfortable. Yeah. Like it, if I feel so awkward if I go up there and just do jokes. Yeah. So it like kind of makes me feel more natural. That like, okay, I talk to these guys, I get to know them. Then I find a natural point to start jokes, and then we go from there. That's a good idea. I, know a lot of, I feel like a lot of people just go right in, just start up material because that's what they are comfortable with. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't work. Andrew and I came up in a place where you had to do crowd work because you would do shows for like three people. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Um, And so if you go up and you're just doing your jokes at three people, it's really fucking awkward because they're like, yo, you know there's just three of us, right? Yeah, it's just not organic. You had to find a way to talk to them, find the funny, and then if if you want to work in a joke, work out a joke, you could sneak it in mid-conversation. So that's how we kind of came up. So for me, it started to feel real weird to just go up there and be like, hey, here's my jokes. It doesn't feel natural at all. I feel you. But we, yeah, this is Keep It Basement. We are speaking with Akash Singh, of course, of Flagrant 2, MTV as well, Geico, Wild Now. Thank you. When I first saw you back in the day. Um, yeah, dude, just got off stage, killed it. Thank you so much for doing this. 
Yeah, I know. Obviously, me. dude, we we don't want to make this too like interviewee, but obviously, you you with the podcast and your kind of career the past, I'd say, especially during COVID, I'd say the past two years, like you guys are just on another level now, and I yeah, really COVID appreciate was... talking to you because it, course, it really interests me. I'm actually a big fan of the podcast. Thank you, man. You know, he watches a little bit. I actually I watch Thank a lot. And I see how you guys structure everything, how you guys have, you know, some people on the side, Mark, et cetera. Yeah. Alex kills it. Right. And kind of just how you guys really just took over, you know, not just Patreon when you started, but yeah. YouTube really is a game now. Especially, you know, you got people like Rogan, you know, is just doing clips. He's kind of yeah. moved on to Spotify, kind of right. like left that lane for other than YouTubers and, and, you know, kind of influencer people, but actual people with good podcasts and good comedy. So right. that's kind of where Schultz and you kind of took up the space, I feel like. Yeah. Andrew's obviously the first guy to figure out for comics we need to put our shit on YouTube and he's so smart at marketing the one thing during Corona he and I called each other that weekend that everything was shutting down and we were like what are we going to do and I I, he and I basically had the same idea which was if we want are willing to meet in person and risk whatever the fuck this is um, we could really capitalize because everybody else is going to be doing Zoom and that looks terrible so if we're willing to take the risk meet in person be as safe as we can everywhere outside of work then we could really grow here. And then the numbers, like, tripled during quarantine. Also, by the time Andrew started doing his pieces, yeah. I think that added another. Like, we quadrupled with that. But just being there in quarantine was great. It's interesting. But yeah. Cool. Thank you, G. Have a good night. We're also, we're also just getting off stage, so there's fans asking for pictures. All the time. G. Comedy shows. G. I've been to India recently. G. I watched, you know, I was in that uh, Russell Peters show. Huh. I'll tell you this, 100% without drinking and stuff, you're the best. Thank you, Ji. You know why? Because you think right there. Thank you. you. Excellent. What's your name? My name is Sam. Sam. Sam? Just Sam. Sushil. 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 My name is Akash. You are the best. Thank you, Ji. Thank you. Thank you. Namaskar. Great praise, fresh off stage. No, dude. I'm back, baby. Ten minutes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I do want to take it back a second. I was watching you on another podcast recently, The Roommates. Yeah, yeah those are my guys. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. We like them too. They're funny. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned kind of back when it started, the way Flagrant 2 kind of transformed into what it is now. Yeah. It seems like you, back when I guess initially started, you know, Andrew was super busy and stuff, and it was kind of and I was your broke. push, and you were broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess three years ago, you were what we are now. So yeah. I want to know why, when you pushed it, I guess... I feel like it seemed like you explained it, like you pushed it, the Patreon aspect. Andrew was starting to blow up a little bit. He was busy. And yeah. you're like, no, we got to take this to, Patre- to Patreon and really push on this. And it initially was sports, right, pretty much, primarily? Yeah, we talked about sports, and I still love talking about sports. I think Andrew liked sports, but Andrew loves sports like when he gets busy, sports gets pushed to the back burner. And that happens for me, too, but I, I'm like, man, fuck, I need to read what's right. going on or whatever. Right. So it kind of morphed in that way that he just got so busy. But also, we knew sports was an easy conduit to talk about whatever you wanted. Like, I grew up, I always talk about that station, The Ticket, that I talk about all the time in Dallas. It's half sports, half, they call it guy talk. Right. And they don't, they're not like douchey at all, but just like stuff that guys will naturally talk about. Not like banging girls or whatever, but just like... Like man show shit. Yeah, yeah. not even man show where it's so over the head, but it just is shit guys will naturally talk about. Was that? Do you think um, it's necessary to start like that or do something like that to for that audience? Is obviously the audience as well. I think it was a good entry point. Yeah, um, it was an easy thing to talk about. And then once Andrew, once we started leaning on the flagrant aspect of it, and then that was Andrew's comedy. All those fans kind of found it, and then Rogan, and then everything, and like those guys are more interested in the flagrancy than the sports. And 
it became more of like just guys hanging out and that's the compliment I get the most is just like when me and my friends hang out yeah. and that's how I always felt listening to the station back home again they're not like talking about drinking and all that shit that we associate with they'll talk about man shit but it's not like toxic to use that stupid word that right. I hate but it's just like yo what does it sound like when you're talking to your friends we tease each other we talk about this thing or that thing news stories but what's funny about it whatever like that kind of thing isn't that like what a podcast is supposed to be I feel like plus you guys don't rely on guests I feel like every podcast yeah. is a guest. A guest, it's just the podcast host or both of the podcast hosts. Well, luckily, and he and guest. I had over a decade of just chemistry just from being friends. Exactly. I was lucky enough to be to be friends. And I knew he was going to be big. I didn't know if I thought I was gonna, knew I was going to be this big. Right. But I knew he was always going to be big, and he was always so funny and focused. But we just have a friendship. We have right. a brotherhood that's like lends itself to that. Kippy and uh, Foley on Are You Garbage? Yeah, yeah. Similar thick chemistry where it's like yo these guys are just fucking homies yeah, yeah. who have such a funny chemistry put a mic in front of them and let them talk and right. get the guests to get people to watch right. but also like they're funny and you'll fall in love with them and then that's where it'll grow right yeah Is it, well that's interesting because yeah obviously you and Schultz go back like years and years uh, but in terms of like just starting to show off that way uh, just as a chemistry thing, just as a friendship thing, and then worrying about all the other aspects later, like bringing on a mark and bringing on and get buying a studio and filming and yeah. getting everything and having your camera guys at every show and really using every single ounce of what you do yeah. when you're doing comedy or podcast or anything as a really an entryway point to get anybody's eyes and basically just kind of filming everything and putting everything out right, there. Right. And obviously the, the title flagrant. You guys, I'm pretty sure, are about as flagrant as it gets. Yeah. Like Tim Dillon as well, maybe, but like. No, you know, anything goes. Yeah. Especially the shit Schultz says, and even you say more so, and obviously, and the way you shit on late night shows and shit like that, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. And other stuff like that really lends itself to just, people want, like, they don't want anything cookie cutter. They don't want you to be hiding anything. I feel like some podcast hosts, they edit a lot of shit out. They don't want this to get out. You don't know who's going to hear it, obviously, with the cancel culture and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. And because I was just watching your last episode, I think you guys were talking about it a little bit. But it's just not worrying about that. And obviously, you know, Charlemagne and Schultz and people have ran into shit like that. But when you are fully out there, you really can't fucking get canceled. Yeah, we had the luxury, especially me, of the industry not wanting anything to do with me. Yeah. So I say this to him. I have a friend who's so funny. His name is Case. And he gets in his head when he tries to do, like, jokes that he thinks, like, the industry would like. Yeah. I'm like, yo, they don't like you now. Right. Who gives a fuck? They can't cancel you. They never subscribed. <laughs> That's what I always say about cancel culture is you can't cancel me if you never subscribed to me in the first place. Yeah. A lot of cancel culture is the same shit they always said about banning books. The best way to make a book of bestsellers is to ban it. The best way to give somebody a career is to cancel them. Shane has always been very funny, Shane Gillis. The best thing that could have happened to him was people canceling him. And then you start to, those people will find his stand-up, and you want to keep out some of the shitty, like, asshole fans who just love being pieces of shit, because that does come with this a bit. But, like... For the most part, people were just like, nah, man, you don't have to censor fucking everything, dude. I agree. We need some censorship. But eh, this is crazy. So I think we were both feeling that. We both always had that kind of humor. And we had the gift now of the industry not wanting us for that reason. So then we leaned in. And Andrew bet on, I'm going to just give this to the people and they're going to come. And he had already had that special that nobody wanted. So he was like, let me just fucking, they're not buying it. Let me just put it out to the people. And then that was the beginning. I think that's when we were like, we already had the... the that was already our humorous sensibility or humor, our sense of humor or whatever. But I think once he started to blow up with that and the, the podcast just kind of grew with it, it just seemed like a perfect like synergy or whatever the word is. 
uh, Joe Rogan going to Spotify, you see he has like a greater responsibility now. We has to like apologize after he speaks. Yeah. Do you see like you become so successful where there might be things off limits for Flagrant too? Yeah, and there's a part of that that comes with it. And there's a part of like, as Andrew has gotten more successful, he has been a bit savvier about how he says it. But I realize this also. I'm working on this special right now. And I'm sure they're going to bring up things on Flagrant that I said that aren't funny. And I will get in trouble for it. And Andrew's like, okay, just apologize. Like, who cares? Like, you're always, before we were dug in, I'll never apologize. But, like, it wasn't funny. I'm sorry it wasn't funny. I can't tell you I'm not going to try to be funny. I tried. I failed very badly. But I'm going to keep trying. I apologize to hurt your feelings, but I'm not saying it's not going to happen again. I'm going to try to be funny. Maybe I'll be a little bit more mature in how I do it now at 37 than I was at 31. But I'm not um, completely opposed to apologizing for a joke. And I think as you get more successful, I don't know. There's is something that comes with it. Oh, here's what I was going to say. Sorry. I rambled. It's all good. But I was working on this special, and I was doing these, these jokes in Austin for these, like, liberal audiences. And I was getting really irritated at them when they got sensitive. And then I was like, I pulled back, and I was like, oh, you know what? I could actually add this thing, and then they would be more receptive to it. And this one small thing. And what I'm really doing is adding nuance to my joke. What's wrong with that? I don't want to be super PC and be afraid to offend. I want to go there. But there's nothing wrong with talking to a liberal audience and being like, oh, I can add this little line here that doesn't soften the joke but gives it more dimensions. I said something like I talk about how I don't believe in white privilege and, like, Indians should stop complaining about it, basically. And I naturally, as I think it out, I'm like, yeah, black people, that doesn't apply to them. They've been fucked for centuries. So I can put that in the joke. Guys, I'm not talking to black people. I know you've been taken advantage of for centuries. But Indians? And now that's a more honest view of how I feel. And it's a more three-dimensional joke, and it has the nuance, and it's the funny is still the funny, and I still make all the same jokes. I just put one sentence in, and it's like, oh, I got that from, from doing more liberal sh- shows or talking to more liberal people. So it's like I'm not as um, headstrong about it as I was before, where it's like, no, nah, I don't want to fucking talk to these people, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They can make me a better comic. Yeah. I like the advice you gave the roommates of how being like, don't be so businessy in a way, kind of have some fun with it. Right. Like the balance of it. And I like the DJ Academics episode because you learned a lot from it. And also you kind of, you had good yeah, questions with him. Yeah. And you talk about like the Drake stuff, obviously. But what was interesting, do you agree with his assessment when he said that you're the new Joe Rogan on YouTube because Rogan went to Spotify and now Flagrant 2 took over the lane? Yeah, I, I personally, uh, this may be some self-loathing shit, but I don't know. I, I think I, I just took that as, yeah, he's talking to Andrew. And Andrew, to me, yeah, sure. Of course. I didn't see it as well, a flagrant thing. you said you guys as a whole, so. Yeah, maybe. And that's, uh, I guess, maybe my part that was like, nah, I don't want to. That's Andrew. And maybe that's why I did it. But that'd be fucking cool. It would really be cool. And I would love to talk to, like, a cross-section of people. And I don't want to be anybody's god. I'm a fucking human being who will make a million mistakes. But, like, uh, that'd be a cool th- responsibility to have, I guess. Back in the day, I feel like comedians, like, would make fun of people like Academics and Adam-22, and now, like, they embrace them, and they embrace, like, the Nelk boys because of an audience. Do you think that it's all about an audience now and following than anything? I was talking to Kevin, my camera guy, Big Kev. What's up, Big Kev? I You're come from the best. hip-hop world at first. Like, I yeah. didn't even try back in the day, but I'm yeah. also comedy. So that's okay. why I thought it was interesting. The yeah, I think I was, t- and I don't know if this applies, but we were talking about, like, how to title a video. And the way I want to title my clips is it's essentially a clickbait Exactly. title yeah. but it's also honest mm-hmm. it can't be i destroy a black guy in the audience and then it's me telling a black guy like hey you're a really good looking guy right. that's like what are you fucking doing but like what's the most attention grabby way that's still honest and real that when you click on it you're like yeah that's what happened and uh kevin was saying like yeah i used to think like i wanted a title to be like clever and i'm like so did i and that works when you have a tv show 
and we all watch TV, and there's a set number of channels, and then they shove it in front of you, and then you're like, oh, this is great. I want Clever. But when you're trying to get the entire world to find you, they don't know what to look for. Exactly. Nothing is getting shoved in their face. So we're competing with the entire internet. Akash Singh, nobody knows. They don't know who I am. How do I get their attention without them knowing who I am? And the, the first viral stand-up clip I put out was Marriage is Just for Women. And that's what the <laughs> bit is about, but it's the most attention-grabby way I can say that. Akash Singh Destroys Heckler was a very standard title, but that was uh, something I put out. And then years later, it blew up legit five years later. The marriage one in a week got 300,000 views, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm competing with the entire world, and I have to find a way to get the entire world's attention against the entire, you know what I mean? Yep. So I think that's where we're looking at these guys like, oh, I used to hate on them, now I go what they're Jake, doing. Jake, Logan, Paul, people used to hate Jake. on them. Now every, every now that we're starting to do it, merch. but now we start to do it, we see the fucking genius of what they're doing. We hated on it before because we didn't get it. He hated now it that we're in it, loves it now. Yeah, now that we do it, we're like, oh, I see why you had to do some of the attention grab. And I don't know about Jake and Logan or even academics. I don't know. I would probably, I'm sure I hated on people without knowing shit about them. I'm sure I've said things. I don't know. You're getting an audience like that too. Sorry to cut you off, but it's hilarious because you'll see 14-year-olds in the comments calling you and Andrew old, but they're watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're not coming out for a comedy show. It's like a different yeah. audience, isn't that? Yeah, and I, I get in my like whatever about like Andrew Light but it's like that's my best friend in the business we're gonna sound similar and he got there first so I also have to deal with a degree of that yeah well that's why I figure I don't know if you, if it's annoying you get bitter it happens all the time but like when that dude you know you were like anything else I should talk about and he yells out Andrew <laughs> yeah, and you're like yeah, that's yeah. going to a Lil Wayne show and, and talking about Drake yeah so like is, that's obviously gotta be annoying but it's gonna come with the territory and your success cause he you know you guys did that yeah I don't yeah, as I was like, that's the funny thing to say, but I get why he does it, and part of me is a little sensitive for sure. Well, it is. You, it was stupid to, to say, it. But. Yeah, but also, like, all right, I tease him, and then it's done. Yeah, like, I'm exactly. not mad at the guy at all. I think I took his picture with him after. I legit forgot what he looked no, like. No, he's actually cool. Yeah, he's cool. That's hilarious. As soon cool. as we were done, I took a picture with him. But, I forgot. Yeah, but, like, someone in, like, a situation like that maybe comes from a different territory, different world. Him saying that probably didn't realize it's like who can, it's his yeah. boy. Yeah. But like you know, to you or someone in that position, it's like all right, you don't really say I that. Think it's my on actual the show. reaction is like I'm trying to be funny. I'm not mad, but like, what could I possibly say about Andrew that's funny right now? Yeah. The funniest response is to be like, why? Who gives? Like, what are you doing? Right. That was, and then I'm sure on some level I was sensitive, but that was the funniest response. You brought up about three years ago. You brought up before. You said you were broke, and yeah. now Flagrant Two is literally yeah. at the top of the charts in terms of Patreon, YouTube, whatever. Yeah. So not to be like douchey and ass in this, but could you credit Flagrant 2 yes. to you having any type yes. of success or yes. not? Yes. Strictly yes. My, Flagrant 2. My success is entirely Flagrant from two. Andrew and Flagrant 2. Okay. Yeah. So people can, if I, that's another thing I remind myself, people get mad I'm Andrew Light. It's like, okay, that guy gave me my whole career. Yeah, and the but Patreon, that's not, like, thing is, not, not tying yourself to another guy. Obviously, you guys should do the show together. Right. It's 50-50. Yeah. But what's so wrong with someone who might have gained the audience or gained the situation on his own and you're his boy and you just go with him? Absolutely. That's how it should be. That's how it And I, is, I see like. the duty from Andrew to pay it forward to the next person. Yeah, 100%. Because he, well, the, well, the funniest shirt. Guys like Mark, and it's, I'm not trying to cut you off, but like, you bring on Mark, and you know, obviously Alex for Yeah, his Mark, skills, and, and like, this is what Andrew's great at. Dog, and Mark is a fucking do. unicorn, man. This kid is so talented and so smart and so funny. And Andrew deserves a guy like that because of how hard he works. Um, and, and Mark deserves a guy like Andrew. Cause that, but that's where Andrew's great is like, he's like, as the months passed and Mark became more part of the team, he's like, I want to find a, play, a place for him on the podcast. And then Mark is a perfect fit. Um, and then I feel like I've started to bring a host and a feature on all my shows. And then at the end of the show, we'll both, all of us will get on stage and we'll do like a question and answer thing. Kind of like the end of this show. 
but then that's an opportunity for me if I can start putting those clips out to say like, yo, here's my homie, this guy. Yeah. Look up his shit. Yeah, here's this guy. Yeah, I know me and Lou know Donish. I know he's open for you a few times. Yeah, yeah, boy, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I've noticed that, and that's why I figured when they when you guys brought on Mark initially, I was like, who the fuck is yeah. this guy? Is he like yeah. in New York? Is he whatever? And I guess Schultz, he does great work. Schultz yeah. found him and was like, I'm this guy. I'm gonna bring yeah, this guy on. One hundred percent. I stopped it. working for Donish because he kept fucking up, but um. Uh, so I got new new people, but uh, yeah, if you don't fuck up, I'll keep bringing you. Right. You know what I mean? That's and what Charlemagne is, did with Schultz is what Schultz is kind of doing to you, and then it, you repay that, and you're going to do that with someone else, I guess. And that's know? what Andrew always tells me. Like, look, yeah. Charlemagne did so much for me, so like, don't feel guilty. Like, I gave, I put you next to me because you're, I, I'm the funniest with you. It's not because I owe you, but there's obviously some loyalty and all that. But that's something I try to remind myself. But still, pay it forward to the people that well, I love who are funny, who work hard. Like, if you are professional you're gonna get a shot if you are funny and hardworking and a good dude and when you get the shot you better fucking be there and be professional and not fuck it up but you will get that shot and to y'all if y'all are fucking homies do an episode where it's just y'all talking get people used to it when you're interviewing people talk a little more shit back and forth you only got one mic right now get another mic and then we got a mic we got a whole setup but if i'm just a part of y'all's hangout then if anybody comes to see me or listen, comes watches this interview because of me, I don't know that that happens. But and they find you guys funny, they're like, "Oh, these guys are funny, dude." No, yeah, well, that's, we try. Yeah, we. I mean, we do. We do both. We try to do both. Yeah, Obviously, I know. I put you in a bit of a bind because I have to leave soon. No, no I'm I, not saying I, I figured I, well, you I told were going to say guys, no, and I was like, "Dude, it's his fucking show. He forgot. I don't. I don't really care. Like, it's fucking." Late. Yeah, I put you in a corner being like, hey, I got like 30 minutes max. But in a general episode, we've done like, fucking, we did Schultz and he talked forever. We've done other guys who will give us five minutes and we're, yeah. we're appreciative for that. So who cares? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying like in general, both yeah. of y'all have mics. If y'all are just talking shit and having fun, then I'm just a part of that. Yeah, yeah. Then people will see y'all and be like, yeah, these guys are funny. Who are they? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's to me the move of like yeah. in terms of letting people in on the friendship. To, to counter on that, though, if you're not a famous comedian and you strictly just do comedy only, I don't think you're going to be able to get out there without Correct. some type of clout content. Correct. Like, no jumper, his girlfriend's a porn star. He gets views from that. Then he does content. Academics uses hip hop. Skip Bellis uses sports. Stephen A. Smith uses sports. I feel like on the come up, like me having a co- genuine convo, being funny, definitely works. But you got to bring another aspect to it as well. No. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, if you get the if you get the Andrew Schultz, who people will click on him just because his name is that. I want to see Andrew on an interview. I want to see what he has to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then y'all are just. It's just y'all shooting the shit with Andrew and it's super funny. They're like, oh, who the fuck are these guys? These, are, these guys are funny. Uh, speaking of like engagement stuff, do you guys engage in like fake beef like the Joe Budden thing or is that all real? Because Joe Budden's a weird guy. I remember what happened. Someone took your uh, Patreon episode, right? And they, you said something or Andrew said something and then Joe Budden started dissing you guys. And it was like a whole like yeah, weird Joe. thing. But, I, but Joe I Budden I does things for attention. Yeah, I don't. I feel how I feel about everybody. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't, don't want to fake it. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. So, I don't think comedians. Some people you start to see like uh, Ariel Hawani is is going at uh, he's going at Andrew right now, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is kind of a, as you, and as you get more comfortable and secure and, and successful, to honestly to be blunt, you you start looking at these guys like, oh, I see what you're doing, Ariel. Yeah. You're like floundering, and this is kind of sad to watch. Yeah. And if if I was more successful, or if Joe was less successful, like if where Joe is now, I don't even want to. It's like, ugh, this guy, why give this guy the fucking... I, I know what he is. He needs this little fucking drama to keep his shit going and keep his narrative going of he's he doing things we'll never envision and blah, 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 and these guys don't... He, he has to paint this narrative for his stance of I'm the truest and everybody else is out to get me and then they buy into that, and why even feed that? So now I'm a little more mature and I don't want to go at Joe Bud, but like... Those guys are those guys, and you just learn a little bit. You get a little better being like, eh, I see what they're doing. 
That's fine. I, I don't need to acknowledge it. I don't know the whole politics and everything. I know you got your own studio um, with Andrew and stuff, but like, does it get awkward now? Because it seems like Alex Media has invested interest in people that you guys don't always see eye to eye with, like Rory and Maul. But like, you could tell I Andrew's got no issue with nice Rory now. and Maul. Andrew got no issue with Rory and Maul. I think they were upset about some jokes we made. To us, it's like, hey, bro, we're going to make the jokes. We're comedians. Y'all made jokes about us. I swear there's no hard feelings. I genuinely hope. I get a chance to talk to those guys and be like, yo, there's no hard feelings. And I hope they can refer to shit like this where it's like, bro, I don't know. I might make jokes, but like, I don't Why would I hate you guys? Y'all were, y'all were duped. And it's a, little, it's a little sad you didn't see that earlier. I was saying it. Y'all didn't see it. That sucks. But I no problem with Rory or Maul. Like, y'all seem like decent dudes. Y'all just got, y'all bought into a false prophet, basically. They seem more decent than Joe Budden, not to be a dick. I'm just saying that kind of course, cool yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty clear now, I think. I never had real issues with them. I would, if they took shots at Schultz, I'd be protective of my boy. Quite possibly, they're even, and now, again, a little older, they're probably protective of their boy at the time, Joe. So if mm. Schultz said something about Joe, maybe they felt the way, and they got protective, and we got protective. And, like, I would like to think we could squash that, and if we make a joke or two, it's not the biggest fucking deal. I yeah. don't know that that's necessarily the case, but, like, I would hope if I talk to them, be like, bro, you can crack jokes. We're comics. Like, I don't see, I don't see what the big deal do you, is. Do here. you prefer to go back and forth with Andrew doing comedy and trending events, or do you like when you get an Alex Jones on, and he's just, like, drunk and wild as fuck, and you're like, oh, this guess. is gold content. Alex is... Truly, he's truly the most charismatic person I've ever met in my life. I did not want to like him. And he's so fucking charismatic. And I realized watching him that first time, if you were a stand-up, you'd be the greatest stand-up alive. Up there with Chappelle. (laughs) I truly believe that. Maybe not better, but up there. But, uh, yeah, it depends on the guest. Like, that guy's a fucking, I mean, he's amazing. Academics was amazing. Some guests you come on, they're not as good. I like having a guest every once in a while to break. I think a mix is probably the best. A good guest... And then good guests, and then me and Andrew chopping it up. And good guests also is just less work. Like, yeah. I mean, if it's if it's no guests, I'm seven hours of prep or whatever the fuck, finding the topics and then trying to think of shit to say and yeah. blah, blah, blah. What? There's a guest. We're just chopping it up. The academics inter- uh, interview made me like you. Like, I watched the whole thing, and you didn't, like, hold back at all. I thought you asked, like, all the great great stuff. I don't even remember what I asked like, him. Basically, I remember by hour basically, five, like, what you were I was saying, asleep, basically. I don't know if I'm wrong, but you were kind of saying, like, if a white person or you as an Indian person talked about the stuff that got him famous about the war in Chirac and, like, killing black people and stuff, yeah. we'd be canceled immediately. Right. But, like, he was able to do that and grow a following and then kind of hide that in a way and then do his own shit, too, and blow up in hip-hop. I don't, you that must not, have been Andrew that asked him, because I didn't even know internet. what the fuck you were talking about just oh, now. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I, I thought I'm not that's mad, like dude. The, no, I'm not. Te- I'm teasing a little bit, but I also was, I'm just... I, to me, I don't want to take credit. I maybe I'm being self-conscious. I remember being in that interview like, "Dog, I fell asleep at the end of that bitch." That was I wasn't a long asleep, one. but I was so tired. I remember being like, "I wish I could give energy, but I don't have it." Yeah, and it, <laughs> this guy can go, dude. And that impressed me. Yeah, his ability to go for five hours and be upright and alert. Fucking yeah, you can't impressive. knock his hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see these guys, and again, you're like, "Oh, there's a reason you're here." Yeah. Even Joe is fucking good when he's talking about hip hop. The guy's fucking good. Yeah. And he's entertaining, though. He knows those maneuvers, those old radio maneuvers, where he does those beefs and stuff. That's why I was asking about that. Oh, they yeah. They hype everything up, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, sure, yeah. Charlemagne knows the deal. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to take up all this time, but I want to just ask, do you think that Flagrant 2 blew up in a way because on Brilliant Idiots, Charlemagne kind of almost got canceled and Andrew had to kind of reserve himself, and then he's like, fuck it, let's go on Flagrant 2 and go hard. And then you guys were saying the wild stuff that weren't, other people weren't able to say on Brilliant well, we Idiots. We get those comments every once in a while, I guess, but I think... Andrew blew up and we did Rogan and I think we we talked about the branding of it and making it Andrew Schultz's flagrant too and I at first my ego was a little resistant mm. and then he and I had a talk where he was like dude I would never do some fucking and I was just like dude I just feel a little like you know whatever because uh 
well, I don't know. We talked it out, and then I he saw my point of view, and I completely saw his point of view, and it was the best decision I made to swallow my ego because it made me way more money. I think the Rogan fans saw Andrew Schultz's flagrant truth, and they're like, oh, let's go to that, as opposed to Brilliant. Gotcha. And I think two comedians are just going to have fun with topics. Also, you're really loyal, as you were saying, that you kind of had the idea in a way, and you kind of like shelved it a little bit and let Andrew get some steam with Brilliant Idiots and yeah, came back to him. Yeah, and yeah, You guys have a good friendship. I want to do years. a podcast with Andrew forever, and then when he did one with Charlemagne, I was like, I said to him, this is the first time I've ever been jealous of you. And I didn't say why. The why is because I was like, dude, I want us to do a podcast together, but you got to do a podcast with Charlemagne. There's no fucking way you yeah. can't. But it was also, again, everything works out and that he picked up so much knowledge from the of the podcasting world from Brilliant that when he came to me, I'm just some kid who don't know shit, completely wet behind the ears. And whatever he learned from Charlemagne, he brought to me, and now I feel like I've learned a good amount. And now we have this good synergy. Mm-hmm. Plus, every comic has a, at least two podcasts. Yeah, and if I end up doing another one, mm-hmm. I'll take that information to the next one. What the vice you were saying, how you know you should incorporate your own brand of comedy in an episode when interviewing someone like you. Uh, what advice do you have for the up-and-coming comedians? Because a lot of people focus on the stand-up aspect, but I, when I interview certain people, they're kind of like, bro, build an online audience and just go from there because that's where the money is, and you could sell out whatever you want after. Like, what's your take for the up-and-coming You have to do creator? everything. It's fucking exhausting. And I, I'm realizing, like, as I put this special together, I, I see how tired Andrew is, and I get it now. And I, I've, I had this revelation. I was like, there's a difference between being obsessive in thought and obsessive in action. I've been obsessive in thought my whole life. Me too. Obsessive in action is a different. That's what separates good from great. And I can turn, I can go in and out of that. I've had it before. Keeping that going as much as you can is hard. But one thing that will help you do that is you just... If you're younger as a comic, focus on the fucking comedy. Focus on the craft. Be a fucking great comic. But also, focus on the other shit. And the, that's obsessive in action. As I am going to be exhausted. I'm going to be the best comedian, the stand-up I could be, if that's what you love. But I'm also going to explore these other ways to get good content. You don't want to be a great comic who nobody knows about. You that's also don't want to be a massive podcaster who kind of does comedy, but not really. And then people come see you, and they're like, eh, yeah, yeah it's fine. But you can just watch him do his podcast, really. Some some people who are blow up on social media who like do the reels and all the Instagram stuff, the audience that comes to see them might not even know good comedy anyway though. But yeah, you know, you know, you know if you had a good time or not. Com- there's comedy aficionados for sure, but in general, I remember Andrew and I were watching a comic that we're friends with, love him. I mean, we were both being a little insecure. We knew he's crushing, and then Andrew he was doing like um kind of like lighter jokes, like nothing with any like you know depth to it, and that's fine. It's the, he he's great at that. But Andrew was like, I truly believe. The audience laughs from a different place when you do jokes that are about shit, that are, like, more substantive. They truly laugh from a different place. And I, I know what he means. When you're up there, you know what the fuck he means. To that I say, so I say that to your point, that means, like, no matter if you're saying shit with depth and whatever and it's good comedy, whether they're comedy aficionados or not, they know it's good comedy. You don't have to be a TV critic to know Sopranos was good. Well, yeah, I was. Yeah, it's coming from because when certain guests that came on Flagrant Two and they would name some of the comedians, and they're all internet comedians. Hmm. Like, but but some were real. Like Eighty Five South Show, they're good comedians too. Fantastic, dude. And so uh, but other people know them from the internet only. But it was just interesting perspective when someone comes on. You could tell they don't know comedy. Certain people who aren't in the comedy world, right, 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 and they'll be like, "Yeah, I love this guy on Instagram. He's got two million followers." Blah blah blah. Like yeah. you see that front two million followers, blue check, and all the online content. People love that shit. And they're good yeah. at their comedy, and that's like okay, they're good at their comedy, and they don't have to be great at stand up. They can still make their money, and it's, there's no reason to be mad at it. Them being great at comedy, and it's you don't realize it 
tell you to start doing a little better in this business because it feels like they're all taken from you if you don't have. Yeah. But when you get it, you're like, oh, there's an audience for them and there's an audience for me. Yep. Uh, Let last, them do their thing. Last thing, did you get a booty from Lisa and I won't tell you anything? <laughs> no, we have never spoken since. <laughs> she she just knew that the funniest thing, and this is honestly very smart on her part. She was like, the funniest thing to do is just hit on this awkward fucking Indian kid <laughs> and just talk about how big his dick probably is. That was a funny That's idea. the funniest way to do this. It's a really smart thing. And then we never spoke again, which I fully assume would happen. <laughs> yeah, the old studio. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Too bad we didn't have video. It fucking <laughs> went out. With Andrew, talking about comedies, the fucking best. That's it, dude. Thanks a lot again. Thank you. Akash Singh. You met Stress Factory October 21, 22, 23. October 21st to the 23rd. I'm filming the last shows of my special, so come the fuck through. Hell yeah, right here in Jersey. And my buddy's at the New York Comedy Club the other night. He said it was fucking sick. Oh, thank you so much, man. All right, dude. Thanks again, man. No problem. Listen to Flagrant 2. Yes, sir. Keep it basement. Keep it basement, baby. Nah, nah, it's McNutt. Dude, you want a flashlight? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I want a flashlight. Yeah, take one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you got him a, a fucking flashlight, right? That's yeah, right. Yes, I've been eyeing these up. Shouts out Have to our ever- sponsor. We welcome the newest sponsor of the podcast, Fleshlight. Fleshlight is the number one male sex toy in the world with its soft, real feel insert patented to be so lifelike that many have proclaimed it feels better than the real thing. While there is no substitute for a real woman, amazing inner textures and over 100 possible combinations to choose from, we all have to work a little harder to keep up. Fleshlights offer an adjustable cap to control the desired suction level you prefer, as well as a channeled sleeve, able to stretch in order to accommodate the repeated discomfort of your girth. Easy to clean and durable, Fleshlight is your number one choice brand for male sex toys. Fleshlight also offers flesh skins, sleeves, anal toys, and accessories, including lube, mounts, cases, sleeve warmers, vibrators, and more. For more information, search Fleshlight on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or visit www.fleshlight.com. This is the Keep It Basin Podcast. Follow us on YouTube, subscribe to us also on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes Music, Flappable, and wherever else you could listen to us and view us. Thank you for tuning in. He's so nice. Yo, Keep It Basement. Keep it basement, back at it, baby, with the bang bangers. Nigga, shut your ass up, man. I don't give a fuck, man. You are listening to Keep It in the Basement, like most Italians. If you're not Italian, keep it there anyway. Well, that's cool, because you're a fan. I'm a fan, too. You know what I'm saying? And I think, to me, fans make the best interviews. You know what I mean? Like, because we're asking the questions from a fan perspective. When you're a true fan, and you follow the artist and you study your artist and you know an artist's music, you know an artist's background, you know the questions, the right questions to ask because you're asking questions from a fan perspective. And not only that, the reason you said that you're able to talk to uh, your favorite artist for an hour, it's not that you're able to talk to them for an hour, it's you're able to listen to them for an hour. It's a yeah. difference. See, a lot of interviewers don't listen. See, I'm a listener. I like, yeah. like a lot of interviewers I have 20 questions and all they want to do is get through those 20 questions but the yeah. truth about it is if you ask me a question if I ask an artist a question and the artist answers me if I'm listening I'm probably going to get something else out of his answer that I want to ask him and that's what a conversation is all about what keep it what radio basement keep it basement like keep it like keep it in the house Keep it yeah. basement radio. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Lil Dicky. Shout out Mike Sweeney, Swain, and Keep It Basement Radio. What's up, guys? This is Mickey Gall. You're listening to Keep It Basement. Keep It Basement. You are tuned in. <laughs> you are tuned in to the Keep It Basement podcast with your boy Sweeney. Y'all heard.
up, Sweens? Now tune to motherfucking Derelict. Keep it basement with the Sweens. That's the name of the podcast. Keep it basement with the Sweens. Keep it basement. We out? Uh, oh, I would love to tell you. I would love to tell you that basically uh, Mike Sweeney, the head president CEO of Keep It Basement, fully admitted. At least you know it. Keep it fucking moving. Um, Porn sex, it's like 45 minutes an hour, but like real sex is like 20 minutes. Well, maybe for me, I guess. Try like three or four hours. Hour and 45 minutes? What the fuck? It's four hours. Any words of wisdom here? Always use a condom, and if you don't use a condom, make sure you got like really strong pull-out game, okay? <laughs> pull-out game week. Yeah, wear a condom. Are you nuts? I have two hairless cats. I want to. Can you get laid whenever with a bunch of options? How thirsty are your DMs? It's pretty lit. I ain't got Instagram. I don't got tweeters. I don't got nothing. A younger guy pick up a, a woman who's older than him. That's a really great question. How could I approach you and take you back to my room if we were sitting at a bar? You ask too many fucking questions. Don't ask no fucking questions. Plus, do funny guys get laid more? Oh, yeah, definitely. Would you date a uh, guy with a small penis? Like, how small? <laughs> How's, how big's your penis? Like, four inches. How funny are you? Then you put that video on fucking Worldstar. I hit the thing, it's YouTube. Fuck me up more. I'm sick of it. Stay down the cellar and shut the fuck up. Now. Keep it basement podcast keep description. Find Keep It Basement with the Sweens wherever you get your podcast with host Tom Zappia and Alex Nicholas. Please make that a permanent drop in every episode. I scold them myself. Keep It Basement podcast, we out. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stealth Mode Motorsports. Yeah. Stealth Mode Motorsports serves worldwide motorcycle enthusiasts, racers, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and custom builders with the highest quality quality OEM parts for Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, and Ducati, super sport motorcycle models. We buy and sell used motorcycles as well. Based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, StealthModeBikes.com, also on Facebook and Instagram at Stealth Mode Motorsports. Need an engine for a car? We supply engines to race teams all over the world. Lay your bike down and don't want to pay dealer pricing? Contact us for a fraction of dealer prices. All current inventory can be found on our eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash stealth mode motorsports. Check them out. What do you want to do? You want to go to the Shipbag Comedy Show and then maybe try to roll through stress? Guys, follow your dreams and listen to Keep It Basement Rate. Subscribe. Thanks, guys. Peace. Just masturbate if all else fails. Peace. California. You don't like it? Fuck it. You get on a plane, fly home. That's it. Take a chance. Four minutes at the comedy club in New Brunswick. Four minutes. Might turn into a, a spot on a Jimmy Kimball Tonight Show. You never know. You got to try it. You just can't stay on a safe route because then you're going to end up being kind of bitter when you get older. That you didn't take no chances. And that's it. That's my view on things.